This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Gelsley gets there. Another good kick from him. And here's Hutton now. Hutton going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well. Setting up Chilton. Welcome to the To Hull and Back podcast. Um, we've had a nice long summer away. Obviously, there was no football. Absolutely zero football to talk about. Nothing happened. Um, but we're back to the club season and back to Hull City and um, back in the championship. And I'm joined, of course, today by Nathaniel. Thanks for having me back on. That's quite odd. It's been a... What is it? Obviously, you're on the uh, Euros podcast that we did that... The Euros that definitely didn't happen. Um, What's the Euros? Never heard of it. <laughs> correct. Um, but obviously the season's coming up now, back in the championship. And are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm raring to go. Uh, can't wait to um, uh, mole some championship clubs this season. <laughs> um, right, so we'll talk about obviously the new signings and the pre-season that we've had so far. And then we'll move, obviously, on to the championship and we'll do some predictions for how we think it's going to go and, obviously, for City as well. So what we'll do is we'll start with um, talking about the new signings. So obviously we've brought in a few nice uh, signings currently so far in the form of Andy Cannon from Portsmouth, uh, George Moncare from Luton, Randall Williams from Exeter, Nathan Baxter, goalkeeper from Chelsea on loan, Ryan Longmore from Brighton on loan and Deshaun Bernard on loan from Manchester United. Um, obviously not spent a single penny. They're all free transfers or loans. Um, but what are your thoughts on this group of players we've brought in as we uh, move up? Uh, well, I think if we signed these players uh, last season when we were in League One, I think I'd be really optimistic because they're all League One players pretty much, other than Moncur who's been in the championship, but just because he got promoted, so still sort of a League One player. Uh, but now we're in the championship. Um, now, with the embargo, I think these are probably the best sort of signings we can make. But if we weren't under an embargo, I would be a little bit disappointed that we hadn't shown a bit of ambition, maybe signing someone, not not world beaters, but someone like Lewis Wing, who's gone down to League One. Um, yeah. I would have loved him. So they're not bad players, but I'm not sure any of them have improved our starting eleven. which after winning the league doesn't need improving that much. But I would have liked 
uh, perhaps a more experienced uh, defender to come in uh, and probably a new defensive midfielder. Um, we might still get Slater, which would be fantastic. But uh, overall, the signings we've made have been fine, but they'd only be it would only make a great window if we were able to sign maybe just the one or two really quality championship players. Yeah, I'm, I can't disagree with a lot of what you've said. Obviously, with the embargo, it does make it very difficult for us to try and get players in, obviously. But I think they're all I think they're all quite smart signings by McCann. They're all great. Astute. Yes. Um, I think they're all great team signings. A lot of them probably mm-hmm. weren't regularly started. The one that could maybe regularly start is George Moncair, possibly. Especially at the start of the season, we're going to have Honeyman out for a while mm. at the start of the season. So you're going to see a couple of players who might want to try and make an impact, such as Moncair and Williams and Cannon in particular in the midfield. Um, Nathan Baxter obviously will be fighting with Ingram for the first place spot in goal. Um, Longman, um, was he, he was at Wimbledon last season, wasn't he, Longman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he had a decent season for him, but obviously on loan from Brighton, I don't, he's another one who will be... He's, he plays in the position Wilkes plays in normally. So he's he's fighting against someone who has had a great season. Um, and Deshaun Bernard, I don't know much about Deshaun. I know he's quite a well-liked talent at Man United's youth level. Um, but I have a feeling that's maybe a signing that might see regular football just through us playing maybe Alfie Jones further forward. Obviously, we've got the issue in defensive midfield, which you've pointed out, obviously, with Slater. Um, no longer with the club. Hopefully, we're going to try and get him back. Um, but I know you. I agree for the most part. Yeah, team. There, there are teams signings. They, they sort of build up the squad, give us a bit more squad depth. Obviously, we've lost a few. We've actually got rid of a few players because we've lost players like I know they didn't play often, but players like obviously Max Clark didn't play, but he's gone. And George Long obviously left, so we needed to bring in another keeper. And you had like backup players like. Reece, obviously Reese Berg went to Luton and that's a big miss at the back so it was good to get someone else in but yeah the, the embargo has definitely massively affected what City can do obviously we know City's um, transfer structure is always quite buy low sell high mm-hmm. so it probably would have been a similar transfer window for the most part, to be fair. I think because we'd have to, we'd have to players like Randall Williams, we'd be after him last season anyway. So um, that would have been for money as well at the time. So to get him on a free is not too bad. But for the most part, I think they're, I think they're decent. I think a couple of those signings have looked good in pre-season, and a couple of them have looked mixed. But in particular, I think Andy Cannon's looked quite good in pre-season. Obviously, with his goal against Scunthorpe in particular, a highlight. But there is there obviously, as you mentioned, there is going to be probably a couple more transfers coming in. And hopefully we can get Slater back. And obviously, because everyone keeps going on about it, Tom Huddleston's currently uh, training with the club and it keeps getting brought up constantly all the time. Um, and while I do want him back immensely and will love him to be back, I do worry about wages on that one. Um, I can't see us paying the wages unless he obviously he's not played he's not been at a club for a year because obviously he left Derby a while ago so he might be willing to take a cut just to play football and if we did get him I would want him maybe more as a player coach than as just a player to help build up the youngsters in the squad and obviously 
because he has a lot to teach, the way he passes, his technique, he can offer so much. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, even if we don't sign Huddleston as a as a coach, like a player coach, he'd possibly already be in that role anyway, just as an experienced head around the, the side. I don't know whether you saw, but there was a Curtis Davis interview recently which was talking about uh, his teammate at Derby, Huddleston, saying that he's not going to be a cheerleader. So maybe he doesn't yeah. really want to be a player coach. He, he just wants to play like like anyone else. But I think maybe long-term looking to try and get him so he's part of the squad and he's helping with it, obviously, going forward. Because, obviously, he's, he's no longer much of a spring chicken, to be fair. And he was never that fast in the first place. Um, to be honest, so I think looking long term, I think getting him on something like a player coach deal will be a fantastic move for City. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of criticism of Smallwood recently, and Smallwood, mm. like one of his main weaknesses, is that he can't run. So I think replacing him with someone who's even slower is perhaps not the best idea. <laughs> yeah, um, there has been quite a lot of uh, criticism of Smallwood in particular recently. And to be fair, he hasn't had the greatest time at City. Can't be denied. He's, he's probably been the weakest of our players who've played in the defensive midfield position. But um, I think the, the, there is a line. I think a lot of people are just, they're not being critical. They're just being abusive. Um, and there is a line where you need to sort of keep, if you're going to be critical, that's fair enough because he hasn't played fantastically, to be fair. But, Critique, don't abuse, because that's the problem with players like Twitter. It becomes a bit of a, it becomes a bit toxic and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, the time that he got his injury last season might not have helped because no. uh, he played most of the season. But when we had that long thirteen match unbeaten run, Smallwood wasn't there. So perhaps we've just sort of forgotten that we were so good early on in the season and. The fact Jones and Slater played there in our terrific run where we really got promoted. Uh, Smallwood wasn't yeah. there, so perhaps he's missed out on sort of the plaudits he would have got had he been part of that run. Yeah, that's the thing. I think if a lot of people have forgotten he has been injured, so hmm. he's not going to be at full fitness, really, in comparison to a lot of other players, which I think doesn't help at all. But um, on the whole, I think the signings have looked decent. Obviously, we've lost a couple of players, as mentioned, but I think we've replaced them with all right backups. Um, all right, we've built the squad depth up, even despite the embargo, and hopefully we can move on to obviously a decent season. But um, before obviously the season starts, we um, want to talk about the preseason. So obviously there was four fixtures for the main team. There was the two-one loss to Mansfield, and then about an hour later, the one that we never scored for. Um, then we um, obviously lost 2-1 again to Sunderland, um, but then finished off with a nice 2-0 win over Manchester United on the 23s. Um, Don't mention that. Um, what are your thoughts on the, those, the way of those games? Or did you watch any of those matches? Uh, I wasn't able to. I've seen the highlights, but um, and of course the Man United one was behind closed doors, unfortunately. But mm. uh, I mean... On one hand, you'd say if we lose, that it's pre-season, the results don't matter. But then if we won, won them all 5-0, you'd say, oh, we're looking in great shape. So, yeah, I mean, it's just for thing. fitness. I'm not worried particularly. Um, it's more just a way 
to the more interesting thing is to see which of the new signings have done well. And it seems for the most part they all have. I guess I mean Cannon scored. Moncur had lots of plaudits in the Mansfield game. Longman's probably been the most impressive. Baxter's kept uh, a clean sheet against, well, he would have kept two, right, against Man United as well and Scunthorpe. So that's promising. Uh, and we've not seen much of uh, Bernard yet, but uh, you can't really look into it too much, I don't think. I mean, a few years no. ago, we, we beat Benfica and then we had a terrible season. So, you know, it doesn't really matter hugely. Yeah, um, that's the thing with pre-season. I think a lot of people look too deeply into it. Um, they just, or maybe even the opposite, I suppose, they just look at the result and don't actually look at the point of pre-season, which is essentially to get fitness up for players, try and work out some tactics, try and get the players' new signings sort of melded into the team. Um, obviously, if you lose your friendlies, as you said, if you lost them 5-0, you lost them all 5-0, you would be concerned that that is an issue. But if you're losing them like one or two goals, you know, like one close games, it's not really a matter. The whole point of them isn't the result, essentially. Um, though, obviously, it's always nice to be at Scunthorpe. Um, yeah. And it was nice to let Sunderland finally have a victory over us when it meant absolutely nothing. Mm. Um but yeah, um, the, as you say, the preseason games—they're there for fitness. They're there for for tactical. We obviously will be playing the same tactics probably under McCann as we had been previously. But no one, people don't need to look into them too deeply unless something horrendous happens. Like I think once a couple of seasons ago, Sheffield Wednesday lost like twelve nil to a team that was in a lower division than them. That's a concerning result. Um, but a 2-1 loss to Mansfield in pre-season when they've already played most of their pre-season um, isn't anything to worry about, at least at the moment. But obviously we've, we've discussed pre-season now and we'll get on to the championship. So obviously City back finally after the horrendous period last time we were there. Um how do you feel about being back then? Oh well, now that you've reminded me just how dire we were, um, you know, the back end of 2020, it's reminded me. But I mean, I hope we don't start the season off, you know, with that same form. Otherwise, we'll be relegated by about November. Well, we're going out there this time round, so. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Oh, we're fine then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, um, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, it's a new season and uh, regardless of how well we've done in the last season and, you know, old logic, it's always fun that there's a new, you know, a new season around the corner. Um, I think the first three games will probably be quite a good indication of how we'll do because Preston, I mean, they're like your standard average. No, no disrespect to Preston, but they're really dull. Um, you know, they've always They've been in the championship a, a long time. So, you know, if we lose that badly, then maybe we're, we can be concerned. And if we win, maybe we'll be able to win against, you know, your, your sort of mid-table sides. Um, uh, and then uh, if we don't beat Derby, I'll be very concerned because they don't even seem to have a full 11. 
They don't at the moment. No, they're they're in a bit of a free fall. I think we're probably going to mention them soon when we go into our predictions of going up and going down. I imagine. Hmm. Um, Not yeah, at the that, top. That, yeah, that first that first month in particular is a very that'll be a very interesting month because obviously we start we start with Preston as you said mentioned away. But well, the teams like QPR, Fulham, and Bournemouth will probably be quite tricky matches to start off the season with, particularly Fulham away. I mean, if Fulham, Marco yeah, Marco Silva obviously ret- is it? Will it be his actual first return? I think it will be worth it. Mm. Um, but and obviously Bournemouth. There's there's a couple of teams there who are probably going to be up there at the top of the table come the end of the season. Um. Obviously, Peterborough and Blackpool came up with us. Um, I think I, I imagine the couple. I think I think they'll do all right this season. Them too. Um, it's all yeah. about. I think yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be a very, a very tough season overall. To be honest, um, I don't think it will be anything like what we experienced last time we were here. But um, I think it'll definitely be a. Not a struggle, but will be. I think it'll be a bit of a fight overall across the season. Yeah, well, I mean, although we won the league last season, there were long periods where we did struggle last season. So, um, but I mean, the last time we were in the championship, we had two very different halves. We overachieved massively in the first half and pushed for the playoffs, and then of course we had our you know, perhaps we were the worst team to ever be in the EFL, let alone the championship, to win one game in, was it 21? Was it? I'm pretty like, saying it's, it must be one of the worst runs ever. That's that's like unbelievably, unbelievably bad. And that's not even an exaggeration. I couldn't believe how bad we were. But, yeah, you know, it, it, is funny. it is funny looking back in hindsight how the same man is still in charge. Mm. Um, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's a good thing really that he did stay in charge in the end because he got us back up straight away but it's a very it's a, I think it's a different championship to the one that we left as well there's a, there's a and we're a much different squad to when we last left it I think the team that we have now would comfortably batter the team that went down be another eight yeah. maybe not that but um we'll be, we'll be all right and um, but yeah like you say because because we had players like Bowen still and Grisicki that season may, seemed a lot better at first than it probably was um but I think it'll be like I said I think it'll be a bit it'll be a scrap um I don't think we'll be near the top um but there's a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of teams who are very close to each other in terms of their ability and their squads in the championship. A lot more than there has been. I think there's a bigger gap now. There is a bit of a big gap emerging at the top of the championship now than there has been in recent years because teams like Fulham and Norwich, and obviously Norwich, but teams like them who have been yo-yoing constantly. They're getting, they're getting the gaps because of the yo-yo. They're constantly getting bigger and bigger gap between the sides, and the more teams that do it, West Brom as well, it becomes harder for anyone to progress. And this could be the same teams coming up and down all the time. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, it's been the same for a few years, really, because uh, like since when Wolves went up, maybe, and they spent a ridiculous amount on Ruben Neves, you know, Burton and Barnsley, and, and, and we we can't compete yeah, with can. 20 million or 15 million. You saw Harry Wilson go for huge money to Fulham. So, I mean, when we get to it, spoiler alert, my promote. Uh, Three sides I'll predict to go up are just the three sides that got relegated from the Premier League because well, they've got the since, money. Since we're there, um, I was about to we'll go on to our championship predictions then. So obviously, you say your top three is going to be, or your promoted teams are going to be the three relegated sides. Yeah. Um, right. What order are you thinking? Well, I think maybe West Brom as the playoff winner, maybe, but I mean, with. Jukanovic going to Sheffield United. I mean, he's been promoted with two different clubs, um, Watford and Fulham before. I mean, and they've got lots of great strikers at this level. You know, uh, McBurney couldn't do it in the, champ- uh, the Premier League, but they bought him from their championship. Same with um, Brewster, um, both from Swansea, interestingly enough. Um, but I think they've got the, the firepower going forward to, you know, get promoted again and a good manager and uh, that's the same with Fulham really um, I think Mitrovic is still there and he'll probably score another 25 goals or however many and Marco Silva he's never managed in the championship before but he's had a pretty good record in his his first you know opening months really um, at least at all the Premier League clubs he's managed so I think they could, you know, can, you know, can throw away with it, really, with their squad. That's I, I, maybe they could win I agree. The Fulham should win the league at Canter. Hmm. They should, because their team is just... Well, they've actually lost none of their Premier League team as well. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they lost Scott Parker, which you could say a lot of people would consider a massive loss for them because of how he's done with them. But you see, Marco Silva... While he has been suspect at times, um, I think the football he tries to play is good. Well, at least based on what we had at Hull City anyway. The football he tries to play is fantastic. Obviously, I know maybe Watford fans would disagree and maybe some Everton fans would as well. Um, but I think at this level, because obviously he's a level lower than where he has been, I think he'll... I think he's, I think he's one of those managers who might be too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Premier League. And I think with that squad, he should win it at Canter. Maybe even look at triple figure points. To be honest, honestly, um, they're they're that good in my opinion compared to the rest of the league. Um, second, I would go with Sheffield United for similar reasons. Obviously, they've kept a lot of those Premier League te- that Premier League team. Obviously, losing Chris Wilder. I still don't get why they ever got rid of him in the first place, to be honest, the way they did. I think that was a pretty shitty way of getting rid of him. Um, even though they were on that run, he did still he should have been given the rest of the season at least. Um, but they're another one that their team is too good for this level, simply put. So Yeah, but in, say, a, in a way I think well, Yukanovic is also a, a pretty good manager at this level and Mm. Unlike us, where we had our terrible run and we kept McCann, I mean that was a. Although it worked out, not many boards or 
owners would do that. So I think statistically, it's probably a good idea. They've got rid of a manager that put them on that terrible run, even though, you know, oh, he was the reason happened. why they were in the... Uh, it's understandable, the but anyway. the, it was replaced and they did no better hmm. for the rest of the season. So I, I didn't see the point in replacing him at the time. You get rid of him at the end of the season, that's fair enough. At the time, it, it made no sense to me. But you kind of actually, you say, the experience he has at this level or that team, they should also comfortably be doing, be up there. Um, the playoffs are always weird, though, because obviously I said West Brom. Um, West Brom should. Like I said, the, the, top, the top three relegated teams should go back up, but the playoffs, any team can. And I think teams like Bournemouth are going to still be up there. I think QPR are out of bad shout this season to be right up there. Um, I won't bet against teams like, I don't know, like Cardiff and teams who in the past have been fighting up there to do it again. Um, but if they're if they're promoted free, so the relegated free don't get promoted again, it'll be a shock. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, so it's quite unlikely, like, perhaps that they all will go up. But you know, those are the teams you'd expect to. Exactly. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if QPR got in the playoffs because they had a great run last season and they pretty much had a lot of loan players. And I think they've bought most of them, including mm. uh, Device. So um, yeah, I reckon they'll be up there. Maybe Cardiff as well, with Kiefer Moore's goals. I don't know whether Swansea will, because I've seen a lot of no, Swansea I think, fans. I think Swansea work. Yeah, they've you know been all happy with Russell Martin from MK Dons uh, going there, but I don't think they did anything special last season. I, I suppose maybe they didn't a, have the squad. I find yeah. that's a downgrade. It's definitely a downgrade. Otherwise, he would he wouldn't have been at MK Dons anyway. But, that's true. Um, um, yeah, I think, I suppose, and a lot of fans saying he's a snake for leaving, but there are two, there are three ways to leave a football club. You can retire, um, you can, and he's not old enough to do that, or you can, you know, get sacked, which isn't good, or you can no. leave after not being sacked, which is the best way, really, um, when you're not 70 like he is. So, um I think that's a good move for him, but I don't know about Swansea. I mean, how anyone at MK Dons can call anyone from any other club a snake is quite ironic, quite honestly. Mm. Um, so, moving on slightly, um, who do you think is going down? Uh, hopefully not us. That'd be nice. I don't care who, just <laughs> not us. Um, well, 21st will be very nice. Yeah, oh, I'd... Bite your hand off that. Um, well, I think I think uh, Derby might go down. Yeah, there's a decent chance they all go down. Yeah, Derby um, already should be down. But uh, I mean, like, sort of a story. Wayne Rooney's going to be starting up front at this rate because I mean, it's it's sad. Oh, uh, it is sad what's happening at Derby because it could happen to any of our clubs. But um, you know, I'm not hugely uh, sympathetic for Wayne Rooney himself. Um, especially as he's won everything so uh, as a player. But um, yeah, I think they'll go down. But other than that, I think it's possibly more the sides who were just a bit lacklustre last season rather than teams who've been promoted. Because, you know, Blackpool had a really good defence and Peterborough scored goals for fun. So I think those two elements will keep them up. So maybe 
Uh, I think I've said Huddersfield with sort of an old squad mm. and like they've signed Jordan Rhodes, but it's not 2013 anymore. So no. he's going to score like six goals. And they've got like a 50-year-old Fraser Campbell. Um, and I think, I mean, maybe Blackpool will go down. A promoted side usually does. And of the three promoted, I'd say Blackpool. I think the ranking of the three promoted sides will be uh, Blackpool lowest, then us. And I think Peterborough might do a bit better. Yeah, people have had a good summer transfer-wise. I wouldn't be surprised if they do finish a decent way up the table. Um, I agree, Derby will be bottom, should be bottom, um, should already be down. Um, they shouldn't have survived this season. Wickham should still be in the job. We want Wickham, don't we? Um, but that's a different story completely. Uh, but I agree. I think Huddersfield are a very good shout to go down. Um, like you say, their their squad's quite an aged squad, um, and the form they've been in in recent times is just it's slowly got worse and worse and worse. No matter who's come in, they've just got steadily worse. They've they've essentially it's weird. They've essentially had no legacy from being in the Premier League at all. Hmm. The parish that seems to have um, it doesn't seem to have affected the club in any way. They seem to have just no. since they've been there just got worse and worse. Obviously, City had a couple of seasons where we sort of steadied the ship and then we went back up. Huddersfield have been nowhere near that. And they're, look, they're usually, they're, compared to most teams that go down, they've been nowhere near getting back up ever at any point. Yeah. Um, well, they signed a fair few decent players um, and they stayed up the first season. And then, you know, awful, awful second season syndrome, probably the strongest case that there's ever been. They won like three games and then, you know, relegated really uh, in bad form and bad shape. And then that carried over to the championship. Um, yeah, I think they've got their star player, Karoma, who's a winger, who I think was injured for most of last season. And if they didn't have him for any of this season, I think they might have gone down. But So he's back. So maybe that'll be where the goals are coming from. But like Danny Ward, Campbell and Rhodes up front, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I know the uh, the bookies are putting teams like Peterborough near the bottom, but I actually say I don't think they'll be anywhere near it. Teams like Preston are down there, which I think possible, but I think I think they'll be more of a lower mid table side. Um, Coventry are going to probably be down there. To be fair, um, I think the uh, Blackpool derby. And Huddersfield will probably be the, the bottom three in some row. But it, like I said before, the, the championship, so many teams are so close to one another, ability wise. It could be. Derby could stay up easily for all we know. They won't, but you never know. Well, if they get a takeover and they sign 10 players in a month, then maybe they'll be fine. But as it stands now, uh, it looks like they could go down. But, I mean, there's a month left in the window. And I think if Adam Armstrong leaves Blackburn, which might happen to Southampton, maybe, um, they'll be in trouble. Um, but then, of course, they have international superstar Ben Brereton-Diaz to score the goals instead. So maybe they'll be fine after all. Oh, yeah, that was the football tournament in the summer, wasn't it? The Copper America. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think we mostly agreed on those predictions. Um, 
So we'll move on to more closer to home. So simply put, where do you think City are going to finish? Actually, let's go to two. Where do you think they will finish? And where do you want them to finish? I want to finish first. Duh. But um, no. Well, Don't ruin the question. Without, without the embargo, I think, you know, like as soon as we won the league, I thought, well, if we sign a few, like two or three players, like, like Lehigh. So he wasn't, you know, a Ballon d'Or nominee, but he was a championship player. And he played in the championship before for Nottingham Forest, and he was fine. I just needed a few players like that. You know, like Lewis Wing, it's not going to be the next Paul Scholes, but he's okay. But we haven't, so I thought we could have pushed for something like 14th, maybe. You know, that's just a comfortable but mediocre season, but with the embargo, I think. Uh, 19th would be slightly optimistic. I'm going to be optimistic because, you know, we have we did win the, a league last season and we do have some really exciting attacking players with Wilkes and Lewis Potter who, you know, could probably do just about as well as Bowen and Grzycki did in that, like, half season. They just need to do a little bit better and then uh, we'll, we'll stay up. So, 19th. I think I'd definitely take 19th right now. Um, where where I want us to finish is anywhere above 21st. I'll take yeah. that. Um, like you are, the signings, I, I I do like the signings, but they are very. They're like their squad signings. They don't seem. I don't think they've improved. Like the, we haven't brought anyone better than we already have. Put it that way. Yeah. Maybe Moncare yeah. might be, could be, um, but that's maybe it. Well, I think Monker's better than someone like Flores, um, who's you know gone to League Two Northampton. So I think that indicates just how much we thought of him. Um, but not that he did anything wrong. But yeah, I think Monker. I mean, he didn't play a huge amount for Luton, but he scored a few goals last season. He scored more Championship he's, goals. He was very well regarded. Else, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, although, well, if he does really well in the first. About six games Honeyman's going to miss because he's probably going to play in that attacking midfield position. Mm. I mean, you can't... Like, if he has six man-of-the-match performances in a row, but then Honeyman is fit, like, do you take him out and put Honeyman back in? I mean, it's not going to happen, probably, but... um, That would be one hell of a dilemma. I did see, though... I mean, Cannon's played well as well. And um, yes. against Sunderland, it seemed Doherty was playing in Honeyman's position and Cannon was in Doherty's. So we could play Cannon and Doherty as Cam. So mm-hmm. Cannon rather than Moncur, I don't really know. Just for the Doherty. name alone, I'd love him to start. Uh, Doherty, to be fair, has shown that ability going forward a lot in the League One, to be fair. So I think he could play in the Honeyman role. Um, going prediction for where I think we'll finish there. Um, I think we'll be between. I think I've. I noticed a lot of previews I've seen this season have had us quite decently up the table, um, mm. close to mid table, and I think fair enough. Um, I can understand because obviously promoted as champions, people like think are oh, good form. They might do well. 
I'll, I think we'll be somewhere between 16th and 20th. I know that's a, a, a few. Uh, I'm going to pick the one in the middle 18. Mm, all right. I'll take that. Um, I think we'll be somewhere in that region, um, just outside the relegation, fighting the relegation battle still. I think we'll mm. I think we'll have enough compared to some of the other teams down there to stave it off. Um so who do you think is gonna be our probably our most key player this season? Well, I think Honeyman maybe is our best player, but um, I mean, I think Wilkes could probably be our star player because um, he had a bit of criticism last season at times, which I never understood because of his finishing, because he got three chances a game and he'd usually score just the one. But that's still more than, you know, Scott or Meyer would do, probably. Um, so, and I, yeah, I think he's had two great seasons in League One and when he was playing for us at the back end of our relegation season, he scored five in half a season. Yeah, that's 10 over the course of one, probably, about that. So I think he could be our top scorer and uh, we need someone to score the goals. And I think I think he could be man, the man to do that. Uh, and Honeyman, you know, was great last year because we had a lot more of the ball. So he was sort of the man orchestrating the midfield with, you know, passing and that sort of thing. But... I don't think that's going to be as uh, we're not going to have the most possession as frequently as last year. So I think maybe just someone in the forward line is going to be the standout player this year, just finishing the few chances we do get. So I think Wilkes. Um, similar lines, I, I think, yeah, because we'll have the ball as much a lot of the time. Someone like Honeyman, as great as he is, might not have such an Im- impact on games that he did last season. I think he'll still have a good season. Um, but for me personally, I think our most key player, because of the way that the championship is, is a, it feels it's quite a, it's very physical. I think it's more physical than League One was. The championship is a lot, a, a lot more aggressive. I, I think McGuinness might be our most important player. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's got, he's, he's finally got, he's had a good season. He's finally had a really good season. He's not really... When you look at his goal record going through the years, he's been okay. And then last season, he started to turn it on. And in pre-season, he scored a few. Obviously, pre-season doesn't matter, but him still scoring is a good thing than him missing sitters. Um, I think what chances we get, most of them will probably fall to him at some point. And obviously... King Lewis Potter and Wilkes up front as well will probably got plenty of chances, but the majority of them will fall to him. As a side that's going to be down there, he's going to have the job. He has to put he has to put the ball in the back of the net. Simply put, he's going to have most of the chances. He's the one who we need to rely on the most. Mm-hmm. And I think he will be. He will need to be on this the form he was on last season, for us to have a good season. And um, I think another shout because obviously with it being us being. Players like Greaves and Jones are going to be incredibly important as well because there are going to be games this season where we get absolutely peppered for 90 minutes by the opposing side and they're going to have to be, they're just going to have to be superb for us to get points from those games. Um, And the way that they're improving, particularly the way that Greaves is improving, 
if he carries on as he is, he could be such an important player. Yeah, I think I agree on, with you on McGuinness. Um, he scored nine and ten now, including the friendlies and last season, which is you know terrific form. This is the best form he's ever been in in his career. So, and that's just at the perfect time, really. Um, so, I don't know whether I think Wilkes could still be our top scorer, but um, yeah, I think we just we just needed a few more goals from either Eves or McGuinness when we uh, got relegated and we would have stayed up. Uh, but I think, you know, he's in he's in great form. And regardless of, you know, where you've been before and what division it is, if you're in form and you're a striker, then, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Benzema or McGuinness. As long as we're creating chances for him, it's fine. He's not as good as... Uh, he's not. I, I wouldn't dare say that, you know, Benzema is... Uh, oh, McGuinness is as good as him, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, and he's, he's one of our senior figures as well. So um, I, I agree, McGuinness is more Lewandowski level than Ben. <laughs> um, well, he, he's been playing like that recently. Um, he's been, you know, our talisman, and especially when we needed him last year. Right then, so we're going to move on to the preview for this weekend. So obviously, we've got Preston off end opening game. Uh, how are you feeling about this one then? Well, as I said before, Preston are your standard sort of championship club. So this will be a good indication of uh, how well we do this season, I think. Um, we usually It's usually 2-1 when we go to Preston. I think it's been like that the last three times. Um, so my, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another 2-1 Preston close game. Uh I don't think they were that spectacular last season and they're still lacking a good striker. Um, they've got a lot that, you know, just a bit like McGuinness and Eves in their championship last season, they, you know, no one can really hold down a, a place in the starting eleven. Uh, but yeah, but nothing hugely to say about Preston. We might as well be playing championship FC. It's just, you know, your standard game. It's not even at the KCOM, you know, there's not like a, uh, any former whole players to talk about. It's just Preston, you know. Yeah. Preston, I, I'd, uh, I'd take a draw, that'd be fine. Just, you know, get a point yeah. on the board against a solid team and, uh, you know, get on to two home games in, in a row after that. Yeah. Um, as you say, Preston are pretty much the cliche championship side. Um, last season they finished 13 right in the middle of the table they're usually one of those sides that finish in the middle pretty much every season um, they've got, I think they've got one of the longest runs in the constant in the championship of the teams that are in yeah. there now them and Forest have just been in there forever at this point mm. um, as you say I take a draw now um, avoid defeat in the opening game against a side against a, an established championship side is probably the best result. Well, not the best result, obviously, is a win. Um, but the ideal, best, the, the worst case scenario wants to be a draw. Can't be any worse. Hmm. Yeah, it's not yeah, very optimistic of us, is it? Uh, you know, we've no, just, just won the we league. We are newly promoted. Um, All we can hope for is a draw at Preston. 
That's ambition. I, I think a draw, considering the way our championship went last time. Yeah. And we're going to be a side that's going to be nearer the bottom than the top. I think getting getting points on the board away from home against established championship sides is always going to be a positive for any team coming up from League One. And I think McCann will be thinking similar. He'll be like, try need to avoid defeat, essentially. Oh, um, obviously, a win is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll want a win, but a draw would not be a bad result in any way. Um, I, I think... Probably, I think I think a draw is a good shout for the predict for the for the uh, one result. One one all, yeah, one all draw. Um, is probably a good shout. Uh, like you say, the games against Preston are usually quite close affairs. They usually they usually only settled by one goal or a draw either way. Um, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be relatively close. And it, I think it's the games the games following that the city needs to be looking at. Especially the derby game where it's like three points. Is it dead? I absolutely have to? Yeah. Because yeah. obviously with the team playing, I know obviously it's early on in the season, but playing like Fulham and Bournemouth and QPR early on, points on the board are needed. Yeah, and yeah. I think especially with our home match against Wigan in the Cup, and that's three home games in a row. Uh, I think, you know, and Preston aren't amazing. So there is a chance to get the season off uh, with, you know, maybe two or three wins in the first four. That'd be good. It, and one in the cup as well. Give the uh, young lads a bit of a run out maybe and, you know, some second team players. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the new signings might make an appearance in the cup. Mm-hmm. Might be a good chance to give them game time. Um, and obviously they have good performances to might be able to translate into the league. Um, but I think that's probably everything. Um, on today's episode, at least. Um, so I want to thank you, Nathaniel, for joining me. Yes, thanks for having me on. That's quite all right. Um, obviously, we'll be back um, after the Preston game, I imagine, to uh, obviously discuss that in length. But anyway, again, thank you for joining me, Nathaniel. Um, and we'll hope to speak with you all again soon. Cheers. Mm-hmm. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.